Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Learning from Other People's Mistakes. Learning from Other People's Mistakes, 2 Kings 1, 5 to 17. It was really fun driving my, my tractor, like I said, 1954. It's older than most of us. Somehow my dad got it working, and, and the brakes worked too. And I said to my dad, I said, how'd you get the brakes working? Because I don't remember, you know, the steering wasn't very good and the brakes, and it was, worked a lot better. He goes, it was, it's the same tractor it always was. You were just a little kid driving that tractor. You were like seven driving around in this tractor. And it had those really spongy brakes, you know. You'd reach up and push, and it wouldn't stop, and it was really scary, and there was no power steering, and it was very loose. And I said, yeah, I remember... I remember the one time driving it down the road and I just had spread manure. I had the manure spreader on the back and I drove down to another field and spread manure. I was driving back a quarter of a mile and I said, let me see how fast this thing will go. And uh, maybe I was 11 or something, I don't know. And and I remember I put it in the highest gear, which I'd never used before. It's kind of like that Willy Wonka movie where they use the extra floor, they shoot through the roof. You know, where will we go? You know, didn't know. This tractor had so much give. It just started swerving. I'm going down the road Maybe 20, but, but it was fast for this tractor. It was swerving everywhere. I couldn't control it. I couldn't stop it. You know, I'm trying to hit the brake sponge. And, and I remember I swerved through my uncle's, uh, my uncle's lawn, uh, went through the front lawn, swerved through it, came back out, left a bunch of ruts and manure all over his lawn, kept, finally got it under control and got back. And my dad's like, that's why he was always so mad at me, you know? That's why my brother was, he lived right next door. No wonder he was always so mad at me. I said, but uh, you know, we were laughing, we could laugh about it now, but, uh, he's, uh, he, but he goes, the brakes are the same, the tractor steering is the same, you're just a lot bigger now, you know, you're a lot older and you can handle that tractor. And I, in my mind, this tractor was totally different, you know, the history, you know, the, you know remembering that history. And it was funny, the tractor, but forgetting history is not funny. Uh, it's actually very dangerous. You've heard the saying, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, right? And the same thing is true spiritually. Those who forget history are doomed to repeat the mistakes. That's the problem. Doomed to re- repeat the mistakes. And the same thing spiritually for us. It's important to learn from our mistakes, not to forget the mistakes. It's to, to learn from our mistakes. Better yet, it's also even better to learn from other people's mistakes. We don't have to make every mistake, right? If we can learn from others' mistakes, which we see recorded into the Word of God, it will save us a lot of time and heartbreak. And we're going to see a story about learning from someone else's mistakes or not. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing each one of us here today. We pray for your mercy and grace that your Spirit would speak to us through your Word now. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so review real quick. Uh, we saw that Ahab dies, King Ahab dies, and his son Ahaziah becomes the king. Remember the last couple weeks ago? And But he doesn't learn from his father's mistakes. He worshiping the same idols, the same evil king. He falls down through the floor. Remember we talked about the, the if you missed that barn story, falling through the barn, you have to listen to that one. Uh, you know, fell through the, 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 through the floor, 
and uh, he, he is judged. He decides, I want to get answers, so he sends to uh, the Lord of the Flies. Remember, he sends to the Lord of the Flies and the Philistines. Once again, if you weren't here, get it, because this is really part two to that. Lots of farm stories. All right, so uh, God judges him says, where are you going to the Lord of the Flies when there's a real God in Israel? God judges him. He rebukes him. If you missed that, listen to the CD or the podcast. But let's pick it up in 2 Kings 1, starting with verse 5. We're going to pick up part 2 now here. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, why have you come back? A man came to meet us, they replied, and he said, go back to the king who sent you and tell him, this is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no king in Israel that you are sending men to consult Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. The king asked him, what kind of man was it who came to meet you and told you this? They replied, he was a man with a garment of hair and with a leather belt around his waist. The king says, that was Elijah, the Tishbite. Then he sent to Elijah a captain with his company of 50 men. The captain went up to Elijah who was sitting on top of a hill and said to him, Man of God, the king says, calm down. Elijah answered the captain, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire from heaven, uh, fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men. At this time, the king sent to Elijah another captain with his 50 men. The captain said to him, man of God, this is what the king says, come down at once. If I am a man of God, Elijah replied, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. So the king, strike one, strike two, the king sent a third captain with his 50 men. The third captain went up and fell on his knees before Elijah. Man of God, he begged, please have respect for my life and the lives of these 50 men, your servants. See, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed the first two captains and all their men, but now have respect for my life. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. He told the king, This is what the Lord says. It is because there, is it because there is no God in Israel for you to consult that you have sent messengers to consult Beelzebub, the god of Akron? Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Whew. Ahaziah says, why have you come back? He sends these messengers to Beelzebub, the god, lord of the flies. Remember we talked about that? And he says, why have you come back? And they said, because Elijah said you're going to die. We don't need to make the trip. Uh, and does he repent? No. Does he repent like Ahab did once? Remember Ahab repented for a short time? Nope. He sends commandos to capture Elijah. Just like what well, the operations we're carrying out over dealing with ISIS and, and, and you know, attacking these, these military leaders of, of ISIS. He does the same thing. He sends off the commandos to capture him. Verses 9 and 10, we'll read it again. Verse 9, then he sent to Elijah a captain with his company of 50 men. The captain went up to Elijah who was sitting on top of a hill and said to him, Man of God, the king says, come down. 
Elijah answered the captain, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men. This is not a polite invitation to come and have tea with the king and the queen. This is not what this is. It's a threatening, arrogant... Look at the exclamation points uh, on, and, and the sentence there. Arrogant demand. You think of the impeachment and all the questioning and they're pulling people and subpoenaing them and all that. And this is what it's like. They're yanking people in and threatening them. And they're, they're yanking him in. They're, question, they're going to question Elijah. Same thing. They're going to do this inquiry and question him and, and rough him up and try to get him to slip up. And, and uh, he's in trouble here. And King Ahaziah is really saying, Elijah, come in for the questioning and let's see what you say to my face. It's easy to say I'm going to die to these guys, but let's see if you're going to say it to my face with your life in the balance. What these guys would do, they didn't like what the prophet said, they killed them. Happened all the time as we've been reading, right? So all the time with your life in the balance. And the captain arrogantly carries out the hatchet job here. He willfully, arrogantly carries out this hatchet job. He says, mocking man of God. This is not a, a nice term he's using. He's mocking a man of God. Come down, you know. Uh, this isn't a game show. Come on down. No, no, he's, he's threatening him. Come down right now. But the only thing that does calm down is fire. He and his men get roasted. You see, this captain and his mob weren't just mocking Elijah. Who were they mocking? Jehovah. Elijah. My God is Jehovah. They're mocking God. And their judgment is a prophetic picture of what will happen to all who mock God, to all who reject Jesus Christ. We see prophetic picture after prophetic picture, and it always involves fire. Usually involves fire. Usually involves fire. And, and all who reject Jesus Christ, this is a prophetic picture. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 to 10, in 2 Thessalonians 1 it says, I'll pick it up here, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed, this includes you because you have believed our testimony to you. This is a prophetic picture i don't know and i don't know if you watch the presidential debates the democratic presidential debates i somehow missed it but anyway uh the i don't know if you there's a commercial that really made headlines bigger than the, the, the debates did uh ron reagan ronnie reagan remember ronnie reagan one of the sons of ronald reagan uh he was the son of President Ronald Reagan and First Lady Nancy Reagan, he was part of the, they call it the Freedom From Religion Foundation. I don't know if you saw clips of this ad. The ad featured him speaking to the camera for 30 seconds, and the foundation that made this championed this as the first free-thinking ad. Oh, I love it. First free-thinking ad believed to ever run during a presidential primary debate. That's hilarious. Anyway, so it featured him. Basically, he starts out saying, Hi, I'm Ron Reagan, an unabashed atheist, and, and I can't stand religion, and all you people who are religious. Yeah, basically, is what he's saying. And at the end, though, this is the thing he said at the end. 
please support the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Ron Reagan, lifetime atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. Not afraid of burning in hell. Everybody was this champion. He's the champion. He's this the free-thinking champion. Everybody got all excited about this commercial and uh, you know, said all this stuff. But it doesn't matter if he's afraid of burning in hell or not. The Bible's clear picture is that unless he turns to Jesus Christ, he's going to burn in hell. And it doesn't matter what we believe or think or feel. It only matters what God knows. And he warns us. But, but he, this Ronnie Reagan reminds me of these people in California. Not too many people died this last time because people were listening. But every time there's these massive fires out in California, there's a few people who won't leave. And, and they'll say to him, you must evacuate. I don't believe it's going to come here. It's not going to get me. I've got goats out eating grass. You know, you know, they've, you know, they're protecting their property. And, they, and there's always a couple people who say, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to leave my house polluters. I'm going to stay here with a hose. they got a hose out there spraying. You know, and the fire just whoo, comes to them and burns them up. That's what it reminds me of. Do these people in California with their, their garden hose really think they're okay? But the fire knows otherwise, right? And, and that's, that's a picture. This is all a picture. What happened to this, this, this captain and his 50 men is a picture of those who mock God, those who reject Jesus Christ, what Jesus has done, given for them. It's a picture. The next captain, Ahaz, Ahaziah, sends, wasn't afraid either. Got his garden hose too. He's not afraid. But look what happens to him. Verse 11 Verse 11 and 12, doesn't matter what we feel, doesn't matter what we think, the reality is reality. Verse 11, at this the king sent to Elijah another captain with his 50 men. The captain said to him, man of God, this is what the king says, come down at once. If I am a man of God, Elijah replied, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. The same, they, they repeat the same mistake. They already knew what happened to the other ones, but they repeat the same mistake, the same arrogant demand, the same mocking of Elijah and, and of Jehovah God, the same mocking. But it's, and it, you think, why would they do that? But we shouldn't be shocked, right? We see the same thing today in, in the USA today. It's not, we see it all the time with a godless mob out there. They, they, they take no warning from history. There's no warning from God's word. Preaching is like preaching to a rock. It, it, there's wrecked lives, uh, lives all around them. And they pay no attention to it. Many just never learn. Me, never learn. But... What we see next proves something to us that we don't have to learn everything the hard way. That if our hearts are sensitive, that that we can learn. Look at what happens next in verses 13 and 14 where it says, So the king sent a third captain with his 50 men. This third captain went up and fell on his knees before Elijah. Man of God, he begged Please have respect for my life and the lives of these 50 men, your servants. 
See, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed the first two captains and all their men, but now have respect for my life. This captain and his 50 men are humble. They come to God in humility. They're part of the remnant. Remember we talked about the 7,000? They're part of that remnant that hadn't bowed their knees to Baal. They fear God. And God is merciful to them. He, God is not... Remember we talked about this. If you think God's not waiting to forgive us, think again. Remember that sermon? If you missed it, listen to it. God wants to forgive us. He wants to bless us. He want, he'll forgive anything if we'll come to Him in humility. And ask for forgiveness. He's ready to forgive us. He wants us to learn from our mistakes so that he can bless us. That's God. He's not waiting to zap us. He's waiting to bless us. If we'll learn from those mistakes, if we'll come to him in humility. And Elijah is also happy to spare these guys. He doesn't kill them. Elijah didn't kill anybody, did he? Elijah can't kill anybody. Can Elijah make fire come down from heaven? No. Who does it? God, it's all God, it's not Elijah. I, you know, I've been pretty mad at people before and hope something maybe not as bad as fire, but something could happen, you know, flat tire, they cut me off, you know, but, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I don't have the power to pop their tire, have a deer run out in front of them. I don't have that power, you know. But he, and Elijah doesn't have the power either. God was the one who did it. God was the one who did it. God is the only one who could send down fire. They had mocked God. So, God and Elijah are happy to spare them. Look at verse 15. And then God says to Elijah, verse 15, The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. So God says, Go ahead. Don't be afraid. Yes, Jezebel's still alive. Remember, Jezebel's still trying to kill Elijah. But you're safe. He waited for God's clear word and leading before he went. He waited for that. But if we wait for God's clear leading and word and we are in his will, we are safe in God's will. Nothing can happen to us if we are in God's will. Apart from God's okay. God may choose to let us be killed, but, but it can't happen without his permission when we're in his will. Some of you might have got Josh's letter from the Philippines for the prayer update. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, everything's going pretty well. I haven't been kidnapped. And, you know, and, you know he's like writing those stuff like it's a real matter of fact. Nobody's, I haven't been kidnapped yet, so everything's going pretty well. I'm like, you know, you know, mom didn't like that. But anyway, the, the point is, he's safe there. If God wants them kidnapped, he's going to be kidnapped. If God wants them to not be kidnapped, they can't touch him. We, we are, if we're in God's will, we are safe when we're in his will. Nothing can happen to us until it's God's time and purpose, live or die. It's got to be God's purpose. So he says, go ahead, and he goes. Verses 16 and 17, which we saw already, he told the king, this is what the Lord says. It is, is it because there is no God in Israel for you to consult that you have sent messengers to consult Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Now he tells Eli, Ahaziah to his face, you're going to die. And he dies to his face. And Ahaziah goes from his sickbed to hell, all because he didn't learn from his father's mistakes. 
He didn't learn from his father's mistakes. He didn't learn from Ahab's temporary repentance. Remember, Ahab had that temporary repentance. And God, in his amazing mercy and grace, even though he knew it was temporary, he still gave him more time. He could have been spared. Ahaziah here could have been spared if he had just repented had just learned. He didn't learn from his father's mistakes and he didn't learn from his dad's judgment. Ahab was finally judgment. We talked about that. He could have rejected that legacy and been blessed. Just because we grow up under a certain legacy doesn't mean we have to carry it on. Just because our parents have made some terrible mistakes doesn't mean, or our grandparents or whatever, it's in our family somehow, we don't have to carry it on. We can break the cycle by God's mercy and grace. Any, God is waiting for any one of us to break that cycle. He could have done that. We don't have, like Ahaziah, we don't have to make the same mistakes. We can learn from other people's mistakes. We don't have to learn everything the hard way. And this is what jumps out from this passage. We don't have to learn everything the hard way. Some of us do, though, don't we? I don't know what it is. What, what is that with us, right? Why, why do we have to learn? I, I remember when I was a kid on the farm, and uh, I remember I was in the milk house, and they had this big fan that was cooling the milk or whatever, and it was zooming around, and I was kind of holding my hand out to the fan. There was a little wires over it, but I was holding my hands out and, and just like feeling the wind. I was little. I was, I don't know, four or something, and, my, and I still remember it. My dad says, don't put your hand near that. That fan will really hurt your fingers. So you know what I did? I stuck my finger in there. I'll never forget it. I pulled it out. I was bleeding, funk, you know, I was bleeding. And my dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and he grabbed me and he wrapped my hand up. And what was I doing? Learning the hard way. I, I remember when I wondered what would happen if you put a pair of scissors in an electrical socket. And, and I, I'll never forget. I was little. I was little. You know, 20, no, I'm kidding. I was little. Little. And I'll never forget, I just wanted to see what would happen. And my mom was always like, stay away from the socket, stay away from this, don't do this. I, I wanted to see what would happen. Did I find out? I remember waking up, you know, and, and my mom was like, are you, breathe, breathe. You know, she was freaking out over me. What did you do that for, you know? I don't know. Why do we have to learn things the hard way? It, it, it's crazy, right? One time, I was a kid, and I found a shotgun shell. Hunters everywhere, right? So I found a shell out in the woods and I brought it back. And I was just little, little. And I remember seeing that little point on the shotgun shell. You know what I mean? Where the, where the, the, you make shoot, right? Brad, right? Makes you shoot. And I remember taking sharp rocks and I was trying to hit that thing and get it to shoot because I wanted to see what happened if you hit the shotgun shell, that spot. And, and I'll never forget, I was working on this about I was out there finding rocks and banging away, banging away. And, and my mom walked by, what do you got there? Give me that! You know, she freaked out. Give me that. What are you doing? You know, oh, thank you. I know there are angels. I remember saying, I know there are angels. I know there are angels. There's guardian angels. You know, and uh, what is that? You know, what? we have to learn everything the hard way. We can learn from other people's mistakes. We're supposed to. Take the word of God and learn from other people's mistakes. We're supposed to do that. And sometimes I did. I mentioned uh, part of this story, but uh, when I was uh, young, maybe I was 
13, 12, 13 at the time, our neighbors, remember I talked about Artie falling through the, the, the barn and getting hurt and how the next door, his, someone actually, he almost, we thought he was going to die. Remember I told that story? And, but the kid next door, what happened in Artie's very own hayloft is uh, one of our friends was up helping with the hay. And he was taking bales of hay off the elevator, but there was an electrical short in the elevator, the metal elevator, and he leaned on it to get the bale. And he was electrocuted. He was killed. Talk about shocking to all of, our, all of us kids. You know, the neighborhood, we were just like, just couldn't believe it. And I just remember we were all just like stunned to lose a friend. And this happened a lot in farms. There was a lot, to tell you a lot of stories, but this was terrible. But you know what happened? Next time I went up to do the hay off the hay elevator, guess what? <laughs> I was really careful not to touch the elevator. And my dad said, hold on, he plugged it, he was away, hold on, and he would did this. Every time from then on, he always, every time we went to unload hay, he tapped it, tapped it, tapped it, in case, you know, he tapped it, okay, and, and, but we still were not touching that elevator. I didn't touch an elevator the rest of the time. I was on the farm. We learned the danger of that elevator and shorting out. We learned from someone else's accidental mistakes. Vital. We can learn from other people. We don't have to learn everything the hard way. And, I, and in ministry, I've had people say to me, yeah, you just don't understand why. I'm like, why are you doing this? You've got to stop it. You don't understand because you've never done X, Y, or Z like me. If you did X, Y, or Z, then I would listen to you. But since you haven't, I've had my own kids say this. Some of them are back there, I think. So, you know, so you've never done X, Y, or Z. So I just don't respect what you're saying because you've never done this. And, and I, uh, I always say, you know what? Thank God I never did do X, Y, or Z. I've done uh, uh, elemental P, you know, unfortunately, but never X, Y, and Z. But, uh, but it's still all dumb, right? Uh, but, but I didn't do those things because I listened to others who did and they warned me against doing X, Y, or Z. But, but it doesn't matter if I've done it or not because I can still tell you, to one of my kids or somebody in ministry, I, I can still tell you something and you should listen to me because I don't need to drink out of the toilet to tell you it's not a good idea. I could say don't drink out of the toilet but I, I never have but I know it's not a good idea. I remember one time my little brother did. He was drinking out of the toilet, put his hand, drink, and I remember saying, stop it, stop it. And I ran out and I said, mom, my mom was on the phone. Mom, Todd's drinking, Chucky, I'm busy, I'm busy. But Todd's drinking out of the toilet. I'm busy, I'm busy. Mom, he's drinking out of the toilet. Let me just look. So, yeah, drinking out of the toilet. I didn't drink out of the toilet, but I knew it was a bad idea. I could tell you don't eat out of the gutter. In the barn, don't, don't, don't eat out of the gutter. I'm going to really upset you dog lovers out there. Um, and I was a dog lover. You saw the dogs. We always had five to ten dogs all the time. Loved our dogs. Loved them. Kisses, you know, hugs and loved them. But dogs, they always go right to the gutter. Always. Our beautiful, loving dog goes right to that gutter and they look for the most gross thing in the gutter and they start licking it. And it's not just farm dogs. Any one of your dogs would do the same thing. I don't know what it is. They're drawn to the gutter. Your, your most precious little hound. 
doesn't matter how much you civilize it and baby it. I promise you, if you take it to that farm, in one minute they'll find the most grotesque, horrible thing to start licking and start eating. They just do it. We all do that, don't we? We're drawn to the gutter. And, but we don't, we don't need to eat out of the gutter. I don't need to lick out of the gutter to say it's not a good idea. We don't need to do that. We can learn from other people's mistakes. We can listen to them. We can, obs- we can, we can learn from their mistakes. We can learn from bitterness that we see and unforgiveness that we see in others to know that we can't own that and, and, and repeat that. We can learn from the gossip and slander that we see happening around us and realize the damage that done. We can learn from gluttony and realize that, hey, it's not good that, you know, the, the gluttony is not good. I'm ruining Thanksgiving, right? I just described Thanksgiving meals. Gluttony, slander, gossip, anger, yeah, right? <laughs> not my family, but some of you. Oh gosh, uh, and and we we can we can learn from that, and and not repeat the same mistakes and and carry on the same patterns, right? We can learn that. Uh, some every once in a while, some family story will pop out from Kim's family or my family, and something will pop out about somebody, and my kids somehow it'll come to the fore, and, and the, my older kids who are older will say, "What? We never heard about that." We didn't know anything about that. Why didn't you ever tell us about that? It was, and it's usually something we don't want to. I say, because, and Kim will say, because we didn't want to pass on the baggage. We were hoping you'd never hear this. We were trying to hide anything from you. We just don't want to pass on bad things from the past that you'll then put into your backpack and carry around and be mad at this person or upset with this person or have to forgive this person. We don't want to pass it on. Very important for us as parents, because it's tempting to pass it on, isn't it? Right? But it's important. You know, it's, it's, we don't want to pass that on. It, it's important that we learn from others' mistakes, that we, we listen to other people's, warn us, and we observe w- what happens in their lives when they do something that goes against God's word. And sadly, the culture gives us many vivid pictures of what happens w- when we make these mistakes, right? We think of drugs. The sad stories galore out there. It's like the Vietnam War. 70,000 people die a year. That's like the whole Vietnam War crunched into every year. And and those are sad stories. And we we can learn from that. That never touch it. Not even pot. I'm so sick of hearing about how pot is safe and it's okay and blah, 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 blah. Learn. Look at these... People, I, I just saw a celebrity talking and he said, I've been smoking pot for 30, 40 years and, and I'm going to finally quit because I realize I'm not emotionally available anymore. Think about that. Finally figured out he's not emotionally available. He's a burnout. But, that, but that's what, that's what pot, pot does as damage. And I talked to many people, even here, a lot of us shared struggles and, and, and the, the damage it does. There are study after study of, about what pot does that is bad. What it does to the brain and what it does to the potential. Study after study. But you don't read them because the media won't touch them. Because they want it to be passed because they're all making money off of it. it, it search the damaging effects of marijuana. You'll be shocked at the studies that come popping up that you won't hear in the, in the media today. And uh, another one is sexual sin. 
we're, it's shoved down our throat. It's like pollution. You can't live in this country without, it's like, it's like air pollution. It just, you can't help it. It's everywhere, the sexual sin and the, the temptation. But it's vital to remember, I remember Barney, remember Barney, the, the purple dinosaur? Stop, we talk about traffic, he says, stop, look, and listen. There's a song, I'm not going to sing it, but stop, look, and listen. And that's the same with sexual sin. Stop, look around, listen to the stories. The, the destructive effects are everywhere. The physical, the emotional, the spiritual damage is everywhere. Music that you listen to only tells the first part of it. They don't tell the, the effect. The, the TVs and the movies, these books, you know, the, 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 the computer's garbage, it only tells the beginning. They don't tell the end of the story. If you want to hear the second half of the story, listen to what Kanye West just talked about. Listen to what Justin Bieber just talked about. Two guys that have become Christians and have shared the damage of sexual addiction. And what's, any pornography is sexual addiction. The, 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 the society we live in is a society of sexual addicts. And it's vital that we, we don't listen to just half the story. You, Kanye West, what he shared is powerful. Powerful. I hope he perseveres. We don't know what's going to happen, but I hope he perseveres. But so far, it's awesome. But the story he tells about the damage that sexual sin did in his life. And how he's trying to seek God's healing for that. And Justin Bieber, same thing. I don't know where they're going to end up. I just know that they have spoken the truth about, about what, how Jesus is helping them see a very important thing. Don't listen to that garbage. Psalm 73, verse 2 says this. It's a great one. It's, it's tempting to fall into many sins. But listen to what David says. I'm sorry, Asaph says here. Verse 2, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I'm tempted to live like they are. They're having a good time. Verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their final destiny. The end result. The end result of sin. It's like that worm on the hook that looks so good to the fish and then it hooks. Learn this from today's story. We can learn from other people's mistakes. We can learn from what is recorded in God's word. It's there for a reason. And we can also learn how to approach God. That he wants us to come to him. Not like the first two captains, but like the third captain with humility. He wants to forgive. He wants to be merciful. That's what communion is all about. Elijah is a picture of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about that. He's a type of Jesus Christ. And, and just as this captain came to Elijah to get God's mercy, we come through Jesus Christ to get God's mercy. And that's what communion is a reminder of of God's mercy and grace, that he sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, so that he wouldn't have to judge us, so that we could find mercy, so that we could be forgiven, so that all of our sin and shame and garbage and mistakes are all put on the cross with Jesus Christ, piled on him. He's our substitute. He takes our place. He's our ransom for us. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much that he made a way for us to to have the sin forgiven and the garbage washed away and for us to have a relationship with with him. We can find forgiveness at the cross of Jesus Christ. And he's waiting to forgive us. If you're here and you're not a Christian, he's not waiting to zap you. He's not waiting to send you to hell. He's waiting to forgive you. He's waiting. He's just waiting for you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He's waiting to give us eternal life. A real life that starts now and goes forever. And as Christians, if we've messed up, well, since we've messed up, he's still waiting. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. He's waiting to reconnect with us. He's waiting for us to just confess and to give it up and to turn back to him and to learn from the mistakes. And that's what communion is all about. It's a regular reminder that God is waiting daily to commune with us, daily to connect with us. What it is, we have the bread and the cup representing the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. We just have some uh, worship music playing, and and when you're ready, you can come up and and take it and back to your seat and and take the communion whenever, however. You can take it alone. You can take it with a a friend or family. However, it's between you and God. Why you shouldn't take it? If you're not ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ... You should wait. But I hope you do. Because anyone could do that right now. Or if there's something in your life, you say, God, you can't have it. You can't have it. It's mine. Don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. If there's something you're not ready to surrender, wait. But better yet, give it up. Surrender it. I hope everybody does take communion because everybody can but that's between you and God. We don't record, we don't look at it. It's just between you and God. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? While we're praying and, and dealing with what in our life, anything in our life that comes between us and God that we need to confess, that we need to reconnect, so that we can have a close relationship with God. While we're praying about that, I want to just speak to those who maybe have never put their faith in Jesus Christ, never given their life to Jesus Christ, never come to him in humility, seeking God's mercy and forgiveness. No matter what we have done, no matter who we are and what we have become, We can come on our knees to Jesus Christ in the cross and be forgiven. We can start a brand new life. This very second, you can start a brand new life in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Will you pray that prayer of faith? The simple prayer of faith. God, forgive me. I repent. I turn away from the old life. Please forgive me. I want that new life in Jesus that starts this very second and goes out through all of eternity. I want that life. I put my faith, I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened to you. You're alive. You're more alive than you ever thought possible. Because Jesus lives inside of you right now, the Spirit of Christ. And you can commune with God any time, any second. Father, I pray that no matter what we've carried in here, no matter what we're struggling with, that our communion with you would give us the grace to keep moving forward in our faith in you. We pray it in Jesus' name.